Kate Farrell, Story Power, September 8th, 2020. The following is adapted from my book, Story Power, Secrets to Creating, Crafting, and Telling Memorable Stories. I have always learned from challenges in my life, many of them continue to inspire me years later. It's not only that trials take the measure of us, they often determine the direction of our lives. No matter how experienced or prosperous we become, we continue to face challenges, even today. And if we've achieved most of our life's goals, something will come up to sorely try us. We can be thrown back on ourselves, sometimes to the core. Though trials make life difficult, they create the best stories. We can learn from one another's stories. We can be encouraged and take heart. And here is one I never forgot. Right after my freshman year in college in Chicago, back in 1960, I traveled by train to my parents' new home in the California Bay Area in Cupertino. They immediately informed me that if I couldn't make the tuition for my sophomore year that summer, I'd not be able to return to my private Catholic college To me, at age 18, that was a disaster. I had to return. I had just discovered my wings of independence. I'd made new friends. Even my high school boyfriend would return to the Chicago area for his sophomore year. I had to find a way to earn my tuition. At that time... The Santa Clara Valley was home to hundreds of fruit orchards, the largest apricot producer in the world. I found a posting for seasonal work in a cannery within a mile or so from my parents' tract house and immediately applied. I was hired just in time for the first day of apricot seasonal work. And here's my story. Cupertino Canning Shed, 1960. Starting up, the beefy guy on the high platform yelled loud enough for every worker in the barn-sized workhouse to hear. He turned on the conveyor belt with a clang and a lurch, and he dumped the first crate of apricots through an array of sprinklers, fresh off the orchard trees just outside the canning shed doors. As a jumbled heap of apricots rolled towards me, the first station on the belt, I clenched my parry knife in my right hand and used the other hand to sort through the fruit. Scanning the mess, I grabbed twigs and leaves, green cots and other debris that went into a bucket on my left side. I looked for rotten fruit that went into a bucket on my right side, 
along with any brown or bruised spots I quickly trimmed with my knife. That first day on the job, <clears throat> there were about 15 workers stationed along the catwalk on either side of the belt. Bent to the never-ending blur of cots with a steady focus, I still noticed a tall, dark man with a pencil-thin mustache wearing well-pressed khakis slink behind us on the narrow ledge. The second day, there were only seven of us, unknown to me, a rookie at seasonal canning jobs, the foreman and floor lady had watched for speed and accuracy and kept the fastest workers. At the morning break, I learned about that drill from my fellow Latinas. I was the only Anglo on the belt and the only English speaker. I was proud I'd passed the test against more experienced help. And so I retied my splattered plastic bib apron, ready to prove my worth again that day and earn the much-needed tuition for my sophomore year in college. But the third day, I woke with every muscle aching and rashes on my forearms from the juices of the acidic fruit the thought of facing that endless streams of apricot in the hot cannery shed was almost unbearable. My mother stood in the bedroom door, knowing it was past time for me to get up. She said, It'll be harder to get up tomorrow. She said in a flat tone, not needing another prompt, I raced to get ready, grabbed my cleaned plastic apron, and began the mile-long early morning walk to the canning shed. I crossed Stevens Creek Road, and soon I was running down the gravel lane toward the orchards, breathless, when the corrugated aluminum shed appeared through the leafy groves. I saw the floor lady outside the barn doors waiting for me. I wondered if you'd come today, she said, smiling, and handed me my time card to clock in. The fourth day, I was on the catwalk on time, ready to work. Just before the conveyor belt started up, I saw a new Portuguese woman next to me, make the sign of the cross. She told me in Portuguese that her work was a prayer. Humbled, I was never late to the canning shed again that summer. One day, during our half-hour lunch, taken just outside the open barn doors, the Portuguese woman came to me, we were all sitting on old crate boxes under the corrugated overhang in a jumbled group, eating our homemade sandwiches or burritos. Over the weeks, my basic Spanish 
and Portuguese had improved, and the woman and I worked side by side every day. She stood over me, bent slightly, and gently placed her hand on my shoulder. Looking directly into my eyes, she said in Portuguese, Quando voce se senta, Deo se senta con voce. When you sit down, God sits down with you. It was a blessing and touched me deeply. I was not used to such kindness. She gave a new meaning to my work and to me. When the last apricot crate was picked and canned, the job was over, the apricot season done. The ladies on the line asked me, Vasa Libis? I would have liked to work the tomato crop at Libby's Cannery in Sunnyvale, but it was too far to walk from Cupertino. My heart swelled with pride because they'd asked me, included me as a comadre in the harsh cycle of seasonal canning. I had made rank and earned my tuition. The apricot orchards in Cupertino are long gone. Where the canning shed stood is now Apple Park, world headquarters of Apple Incorporated, computers and microchips, smartphones and iPads, a different kind of fruit. But those long summer days on the conveyor belt in the orchards gave me more than an excellent hourly wage. I learned the sustaining power of hard work and that I could trust myself to do it with spirit. We all have a story to share and a voice that is meant to be heard, and we want to share yours. For more information and to get involved, visit storiesofinspiringjoy.com. Stories of Inspiring Joy is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created by Sydney Weiss. You can find all episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and if you like the show, hit subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and follow along on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're creating greater connection and community, one powerful story at a time.